1: What's up, guys? Talking the draft podcast. I'm your host Connor Livesey, joined by my co-host today, Joey Ikes, and it is a month out mock draft uh, episode. We're going to bring to you guys today. We got about a month until the draft. I think it's 22 days to be exact. So not even quite a month, um, but we got uh we got it's it's Wednesday. The draft is three Thursdays from tomorrow. Um, so that's pretty exciting. We're we're ready to roll. Um, it's been a long yet quick offseason. It feels like it's flown by, but we're uh, we're going to dive into our, we've only done, we've done one of these already. We're probably going to do this one and then probably another one a little bit closer to the draft, but uh, probably only going to do three of these this, this, this season and they're fun and they give us an idea of some options, some positions and some players that the Cowboys may be interested in. But before we get started, Joey, how you doing, man?
0: I'm doing well, man. Like you said, we're just over three weeks from the draft, which is crazy that we're already here but also feels like it's it has been a a while coming and that's how it sort of always feels at this point uh but i'm excited to go through this you know again with it's just an opportunity to see a scenario of what could take place here coming up in a little over three weeks and so it's going to be exciting to roll through this and see how it plays out and how everything goes in terms of especially you know i always like to pay attention to how your choices at one point in the draft affect what might happen later in the draft and how you might feel if you shuffled some of those things around. So it's always yeah. fun to do that for sure.
1: Yeah, no doubt. We were just kind of talking, you know, like the closer we get to draft, you know, a lot of these simulators, um, the rankings end up looking a lot more closer to what you feel like is going to happen on draft day where early on in the process they are kind of just, this is their big board. And then they kind of, they they fix it a little bit closer to kind of be more of a consensus like, Hey, this is kind of what we're hearing. This is what we're thinking. So we're going to use the PFF um, premium account. So we are going to do seven rounds. I know people are hot about only getting two rounds for free now, but we're gonna we're gonna bring you that premium content. So seven uh, seven round mock draft from PFF, and um, I think it's going to be interesting. Like I said, I feel like everybody is kind of stuck at, at one spot with them for a while, where you're getting a lot of the same players available to a lot of the same picks, but they've recently put an update in to to kind of give us a more lifelike feel of what this uh, draft might play out as. So it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting one. Um, We did this a couple weeks ago. Uh, It's probably been actually a couple months ago at this point. And um, I think it's going to be a little bit different this time. So excited to dive into it. I think if anything, you know, the difference between this time and last time is last time we were really interested in trading up, you know, kind of like looking at some of these receivers and I don't think that's an option for us anymore. So I almost feel like, we can kind of hit start and let this bad boy run to 26 and see if it's going to be a pick at 26 or if we're going to still look to maybe move back a little bit. Don't you think?
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Although you almost might wonder if maybe being in a position with fewer needs than you had going in, you know, when we did this last time, it was just before the combine, you know, free agency hadn't happened, all that kind of stuff. But, uh, now, with you look at the Cowboys roster, there's not really a whole lot of needs. Yeah. um, maybe this puts them in a position to consider going up. but i think I think you're right, especially with the amount of work they've done on the early round wide receivers, I don't think we necessarily need to go up to be able to look into getting one of those guys in the first couple of rounds. Um, so I think, like you said, I think we we sort of let it roll all the way to twenty six and we can sort of start the conversation from there um uh, in terms of in terms of where we head um. Early on in our draft, with there, you know, the early parts of the draft, there's not going to be that many surprises on one of these quarterbacks go in three of the first four picks. You know, then you get your Will Anderson's, Tyree Wilson's, Peter Skaronsky. Jalen Carter does make it all the way to nine, which that's pretty unbelievable for Chicago to go from one to nine and still wind up with Jalen Carter.
1: But he didn't but- make it to ten.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we definitely do not want that to happen. <laughs> Although you know, Devin Witherspoon's a pretty, pretty decent football player too. To be, uh, no to be going to Philadelphia too. But, but yeah. So on the board at twenty six, you know, Elijah Cansey is there on the board, of the defensive tackle from Pitt. Um, then a guy who was never available in the, the process before the rankings updates that they seem like they've made, but has been there the last couple of days when I've picked is Darnell Wright, the right tackle from Tennessee? And, you know, I was having some conversations with some of our buddies offline, or I guess it's online, but off, <laughs> off tape off the here. Record. And, uh yeah, off the record. And we were talking about, you know, he played left tackle for Tennessee and it didn't go all that well. But is he a guy who could play guard if he needed to play guard? And is And I didn't really, I haven't watched the left tackle take to know like, what's the why? What's the reason why he struggled at left tackle? Is it he just can't flip his feet and go the other way? Or was it, you know, something else that caused that problem? But, uh, but Darnell Wright is there. Dalton Kincaid is there. Um, Emmanuel Forbes is a guy who's really flowing up their rankings. I'm assuming they really like the athletic testing that he put together. Uh, Anton Harrison from Oklahoma, Will McDonald, the fourth from Iowa State. Those are kind of our top six guys that are there available. Mozzie um, Smith is there. He's the 33rd best player on their board. He's down just a little bit. Um, Osiris Torrance is there. Um, Josh Downs is there. What are, our, what are our thoughts here going into the 26th overall pick?
1: Somebody asked me on Twitter yesterday, and for me right now on April 5th, I'd say my thoughts are this pick's going to be a tight end, which kind of throws us off because we don't think that they're – we've kind of had that narrative that, like, yeah, they're not really a draft to tight end in the first round type of team. But, man, you start paying attention to those Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay, Daniel Jeremiah, mock drafts, it's a lot of tight ends. And as much as we can – fight and argue that maybe those guys don't do, you know, the work that they used to do. A lot of this is team, you know, info being pumped into them. They know what some of these teams are valuing. I mean, I know, I know, what was it? Uh, Kuiper had Tyler Smith in the first round to Dallas last yep, year. He was,
0: he was the first guy to put that idea yep. out
1: there last year. Yep. So it's, it's as much as like, maybe sometimes we don't like to see it. It sounds like tight end could definitely be in play. Um, what that first round pick is, I know we mentioned uh, Kincaid and Musgrave. Did we mention Darnell Washington? Is he around?
0: So he uh, he is almost certainly around. PFF is not as big of a fan of Darnell Washington as I am. They have him 68th on their board, which is actually a little bump up from where he was before. So in terms of tight ends, you have Dalton Kincaid, who for them is a first round player. They have him 15th overall. And then there's a pretty large gap between – Kincaid and Mayer, who went a couple of picks before us, and then all the rest of the tight ends. They have Laporta, Musgrave, and Washington there between 40 and 70, and then another little gap, and then some other guys there um outside the outside the top 80. But uh, but yes, Darnell Washington is available, and he's almost always available in this this simulator just because of the way they have him ranked, which sort of goes back, you know, we talked about are we gonna play the system a little bit whenever we uh-huh. do this? But the but the funny thing is he will almost certainly be drafted in the thirties on this if he if we don't pick him here at twenty six so it's not a oh well we'll let him be there at fifty eight uh, you got to pick him here at twenty six if you want him.
1: gotcha um, what what are you thinking as far as uh, you know tight end I think it's tight end offensive line that they're really zoning in on and then if I, mean, I think they're thinking that if one of those receivers falls to him is did Quentin Johnston go
0: um. I believe – yeah, he went number 20 to Seattle. Okay. um, And Jackson Smith and Jigva went 15 to Green Bay. He was the first wide receiver off the board. So there's only two, it looks like, wide receivers off the board at this point. Oh, no, Zay Flowers went 22. Jordan Addison went 23. So four wide receivers off the board from pick 15 to 23. Um, Michael Mayer went off the board at 24. Uh, B. John Robinson went to Pittsburgh, which that would be interesting with Najee Harris there. But like I like said, c- scenarios here, you know. Uh, so, I mean, like you said, I think they're probably thinking either tight end or wide receiver um, or offensive line. I have a hard time with throwing another first round resource at the offensive I line. Um, just, I, I have this personal opinion that I think Dallas – Cowboys fans have a, a a very skewed opinion of what acceptable offensive line play looks like in the NFL.
1: Yes. Uh,
0: And we've seen that when people trashed Connor Williams a couple of years ago and Tyler Biotish and stuff like that, when those guys are perfectly good, perfectly acceptable interior offensive linemen. Um, and so I I don't necessarily, I, I think we need to come away with an offensive lineman in this draft, but I don't think it has to be in the first round. Um, Elijah Cansey is the guy that's just really interesting to me in terms of a – does he make them look away a little bit from what they might consider have been their their offensive priorities in this draft just because of how unique of a prospect he is um, in terms that of just what he's able to – what's like that?
1: The, I said the arm length is just something that I – they've been yeah. so caught up on arm length on those interior defensive tackles.
0: Yeah, it's he's a, he's a really interesting – sort of odd prospect that just like is one of those dudes who's built a little funny for his position, but is just a freak athlete and, and really productive. So it's just going to be interesting to see what team, and that's the reason why the 13th ranked player in the class, according to PFF is here at 26 is because, you know, the, those sorts of questions. I, I think as much as I, as much as I don't get it with this player, I think the pick here is probably if we're trying to do what they would do, they probably pick Dalton Kincaid oh, here absolutely. if I had to yep. guess um, yeah and I mean we like, know...
1: we we talked about this I don't know if it was last week or the week before last when we were talking about some tight ends and stuff like that but I mean Kincaid's a guy who he's he's more of your big wide receiver than he is your full on tight end um and he's good in that role. I mean, like I said, like you, you had some, I know you had some concerns about his production against some of the better competition he had faced. Um, But I think you see, um, you know, you see the athleticism that he plays with, you see that vertical ability, you know, get up the seam, make those plays above the rim. And I think that's something that, that they really like um, and want to provide in this offense. And it's something that at times, you know, we've seen, we saw Dalton Schultz be that, seam player but it was inconsistent you know there was interceptions there was drop touchdowns there was there was just a lot of inconsistency up that seam um, and I think that that's something where you get a guy like Brandon Cooks on the outside that's got speed to kind of widen that safety out you got CeeDee Lamb doing work over the middle of the field as a slot and then you got a guy like Kincaid who can run you know stretch the field vertically down that that middle seam it's just it, it makes sense like it like I can totally see it and I and and while I like Dalton Kincaid. I'm more worried about his back than anything. You know, backs are something that don't seem to, to heal well. Um, and if that back injury is a serious, you know, that's held him out of all of combine, all of pro day testing, how serious is it? So I think the medicals will be big with him. But if he's healthy, I'd be okay with taking the tight end here. I'd still prefer Darnell Washington, but I wouldn't kill them for going Kincaid here, which I think, like you said, they pro- that's the direction they would probably lean.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's one of those where, you know, I would take the ceiling shot to Darnell Washington because Basically. I think if if you're going to take a tight end, you need to take the home run swing. But I don't know that that's what they would do. I think if the, if the idea here, and we not, we didn't really talk about what the idea here was, but I think if the idea is to do what they would do, they would almost certainly take Dalton Kincaid and uh, and go and just move forward with their draft because they are probably looking at. Um, at what what can they do to help the passing game the most right away. Um, And, you know, with all the talk about shifting Terrence Steele from tackle to guard and all these other sorts of things and how it feels like they're setting themselves up to be more of a five-man protection, you know, get five guys out in the route type of team this year. And if that's the case, um, Dalton Kincaid is probably a guy that they will like a lot because of his ability you know, to play as a, as a removed tight end and, and flexed and all that kind of stuff. So I think, I think that's probably the pick. We'll go ahead and bang that pick. If that's uh if that's where you're on, if you're yeah, on board no, with that I, one too, I, that I, way we can.
1: Like I said, for, I think for both of us, we might go a different direction, but I think they, he's been linked to them enough that it sounds like that, that seems to be a, a popular pick and I think it's something they'd, they'd want to do it. Does, you know, you can go, we can go ahead and make it, but I'll, I'll say this, uh, it would go away from kind of what they're thinking as far as like you know they normally value blocking a ton in their their tight ends and he's not a good blocker right now um so that that's something a little bit interesting that you know they're kind of going away from that tight end blocking guy to to the receiving guy which is i think good to you know for what we want this team to kind of look like and do is is a team to you know look into improve its passing game i think that's a good thing but also, if you're going to still play a lot of twelve personnel, then that could you know crop up to be an issue for you. But no, I think that ma- that first one makes a lot of sense.
0: Yep, absolutely. Um, going into the second round, Mozzie Smith went 32nd overall to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, let's see, Emmanuel Forbes goes 37. Jalen Hyatt goes 40th. Darnell Washington 42nd to the Jets. Josh Downs, who's been a target of ours in the second round a couple of times, goes 45th. Steve Avila goes 47th. And Sam Laporta goes 51st. Let's see. Anybody else interesting between then and there? Nope, not really. All right, so we're on the clock at 58 overall. We have Tanner McKee, the quarterback from Stanford. Dayan Henley, you're going to have to help me with some of these names, I'm sure. Tooley Tupilotu from USC, the edge. Tank Dell, the wide receiver from the University of Houston. Tyreek Stevenson, the corner from Miami. And Luke Whippler, the center interior offensive lineman from Ohio State. And then Keanu Benton, who is a favorite of some guys and guys and gals in Cowboys world. Garrett Williams, the corner from Syracuse. And then Nick Herbig, shout out, John Oning, um, who, who is there as well. Zach Charbonnet is also available. Um, and this will be the last pick that we have where he is available on the board as well. So, and then Michael Wilson, a guy who we've taken in the third and fourth round before uh, in these sorts of scenarios, now is the sixty-sixth overall oh. player on their board, and and will will okay. not be one of those guys who drops and we say, "How on earth is he still here this round?" He, he say, will I no think, longer be that guy.
1: I think we drafted him in the sixth round last time we did. <laughs> Some
0: uh, yeah, we drafted him after pick one hundred for sure, one twenty-nine or one. after a trade or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, they, that's definitely one of those updates that that changes that fourth round scenario a little bit because that fallback option's not there anymore. Um, so, so in our first round, we, we added a tight end. So we've, and it's a specifically a receiving pass catching tight end. Um, so that sort of takes that need potential, that option off the board here, uh, um, In terms of they've done a ton of work on day one and day two wide receivers. Uh, really, guys that you would draft here is probably Tank Dell and Michael Wilson, and that's it. They, they seem to like Rasheed Rice. He had a 30 visit with them, I believe. Um, but then the rest of the guys are guys you probably consider in the next round as opposed to this round. Um, so unless you're Tank Tank Dell or want to go ahead and take Michael Wilson now, um, you're probably not taking receiver right here. This is the scenario that I I always run into. I, I almost never like the options. A whole, I'm almost never excited about the options here at 58 overall. Um What is? Where are you at here? What's uh, your What's your I'm, thoughts here?
1: I'm liking Dion Henley, the linebacker out of Washington State, and Keanu Benton, the defensive tackle out of Wisconsin. I think those are two plug and play players for you. What um. I know we'd be kind of going away from their board a little bit, but can you can we look and see what interior offensive linemen and what tackles are left and maybe see if there's any of those guys that could slide over to uh, Wanya Morris? He'd yeah, the top tackles
0: runner. pretty wiped out here at this point. Um, there's, really not, there's really almost nobody at tackle. Uh, in terms of interior offensive line, they're pretty high on Chandler Zavala, the Mm -hmm. guard from North Carolina state uh, who I actually think would fit pretty well in Dallas. Uh, But it feels like taking him in the second round would feel like it
1: was pretty high. Um, Are we surprised we're not hearing more love with Luke Weipler? I know. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's not a ton of centers in this draft, you know, like John Michael Schmitz is kind of your main center. And then you got a Luke Weipler you got, then you got Joe Tippman, but you know, some of these guys project more to guard than they do center. And I don't know, you just figure like, I know, I I know he was outside of Dane Brugler's top 100. I think that he put out the other day, wasn't even in the top 100. So that kind of surprised me, but I kind of figured he'd get a little bit more love because he's just kind of a steady as you go type of guy.
0: Yeah. I think there's probably a consensus that he may struggle with power because he's, he's a smaller guy and then didn't test, you know, uh, overwhelmingly, um, but all he did at Ohio state is just block dudes over and over and that over. Is, he, yeah. he just blocked guys. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I I say that sort of statement a lot with offensive linemen and defensive linemen is it's like, he either got blocked a lot or blocked guys a lot or didn't get blocked a lot yeah. because, because that's really what play in that position boils down to uh, over just about anything else. And so, uh, He's a guy who I watched and definitely enjoy watching and thought he was a good player, but, uh, but it's hard to see them spending a second round pick here on, because Whippler's probably a pure center. Like there's probably not very much guard flex there. Yeah, Uh, It's hard to see them using a second round pick on a pure center in this draft because they, they like their second round picks to play and there's, not a pure path to the field for him, unless Tyler Biotish gets hurt or has a really terrible season this year. I don't think.
1: I think we're looking at the two guys I mentioned before, and that's Keanu Benton and Dion Henley. Um, I'm trying to. I
0: think you're probably right. What what's your take? What what's your take evaluation on Henley? Because that's a guy that I haven't studied mainly because I I refuse to believe in drafting undersized
1: freak athlete dude is fast. He plays hard. He's physical. Um, he covers really well. He can blitz. I mean, kind of covers, covers all the, the marks you want as a linebacker. He's just undersized. Um, you know, he's, he's not a elite cover player by any means, but I think he's adequate in that, that, that area. Um, he's got the athletic ability to, to play that role. Um, I think his ability to run sideline to sideline, cover ground as a run defender, and then step up and be physical, even though he is undersized, um, is impressive. He, he's he got the athleticism and, and explosiveness to win as a downhill run player. Um, like I said, his biggest knock is he's, you know, what is it, six foot one, 225 pounds? Is that what he weighed in at at the combine? I want to say it, six foot two, 225. Yeah, pounds? six yep. two,
0: 225 is what they have him listed at. Yeah. So, but I mean, a- average linebacker in the league right now is like six, three, 230 or something right, like that. So right. he's not that small. Uh, but he, you know, I-, I think that that's a direction that, we could definitely see them go as sort of a, a hedge on the Damone Clark Jabril Cox sort of situation that you have at the other linebacker position outside of, uh, outside of Leighton Vanderesh. And, uh, I think you could see them go that way. Um, I think s- they're probably more. Go ahead.
1: I was going to say, I'm trying to see if either one of those guys has had any visits or meetings with Dallas. Um, I know they they were at Wisconsin's pro day. Um, I know at the combine it looks like they hadn't met with them yet for Keanu Benton. Um, I know Henley had had some meetings with them throughout the the off season. It sounds like, but man, it's just I don't know why they wouldn't be interested in in Benton. I mean, he's he's kind of almost he's he's not the size of the nose tackle that you normally see, but I think he's a guy who's got the nose tackle abilities and nose tackle frame has some pass rush ability from that spot. Um, And that, I mean, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, like defensive tackle is a place where if you draft a guy in the top 100, he's got ability to get on the field pretty early. Um, You know, they brought back Hankins, but, you know, we know Hankins is kind of a two-down player uh, where – and and he's not a guy who's going to play 80% of your snaps for you. He's a veteran guy who he's going to be in in short yardage. He's going to be in in goal line. He's going to be in in first and tens. But, you know, once you get into those, you know, second and shorts and third and longs, you know, you want a guy with a little bit more juice out there on the field. And, I mean, Keanu Benton can bring that from that, you know, one technique nose tackle spot.
0: Yeah, I'm, and I'm looking through, you know, our buddy KD at Cowboys Wire does a really good job of tracking, you know, who's had visits and who's all that kind of been to Dallas Day and all that kind of stuff. And I don't see anything on either of those guys showing up. But we we've seen them go away from that in the in the yeah. early rounds before. We do have, and I'll I'll just throw this out there. We do have four options to trade. We have our teams interested in coming up. We have the Bears at sixty one interested in coming up. The Broncos at sixty seven interested in coming up, and then we have the Steelers at eighty and the uh, Washington Football Team. Um, at 97 interested in coming up do we have any any interest in hey we don't really love any of these guys let's bounce and see what else we can get
1: do it do i get greedy here and i just do we make the pick on who i would pick if i was doing this
0: <laughs> maybe who, who who's your guy here
1: so i mean for me it'd be keanu it'd be it'd be i i have the uh Dion Henley is my 52nd ranked player and Keanu Benton is my 53rd, 54th, 55th ranked player. Um, Okay. So I'd be really happy with either one of those guys here. Um, Really, I think it would come down. I mean, Benton, Benton has the size that I think they look for. He has the length that I think they look for um, in their, their defensive tackles. Um, like I said, he's, he's a little on the lighter end, but he's six foot four, three hundred nine. He's got almost 34 inch arms. Um, we talked about that arm length earlier, as far as, you know, how they value that with, with a guy like Kalaja Kansi, but he's got almost 34 inch arms. Um, he's explosive. He's got some athleticism to him. Um, strong, powerful. Like I said, I think he kind of fits the bill of what they would look for in a nose tackle prospect. Um, one technique. Yeah.
0: and in that in that Wisconsin defense, that Jim Leonard defense, it's a uh, it's tough for nose tackles to be productive against the pass, um, just because of the way they play. Right, uh, and he dude had six sacks this year, so um, and a really high. You know, you go to PFF's advanced numbers, and he's got really high pass rush pass rush win percentages, and it really does really well in true pass sets and things like that. And, you know, when you play in the big 10, you play against run games, you play against Michigan, you play against teams like that. So he's, he's seen it all there. So I think of those two, I'm definitely much more comfortable taking an interior defensive lineman who can have some impact in the passing game than I am a linebacker. Uh, so I think if it's, if we're sort of coordinating on, you know, the guys you have high, I think I would probably prefer to take Benton Um because I also know that my my later round defensive tackle that I that I have a, a draft crush on Kobe Turner is probably not going to be available in a round where we would want to pick him. Um, yeah, no, so and I, uh,
1: and I guess looking at you know that you know how how much they like to look ahead. Um, what does the future of defensive tackle look like? Jonathan Hankins one year deal. Uh, Neville Gallimore going into the last year his deal. And we don't even know if he'll be around in camp. Um, right. Also, Diggy Zuwa going into, what, year three. So he's only got a year left on his, de- you know, two years left on his deal after this mm-hmm. year. So, I mean, man, it, it, it it's a player that's got the athletic profile to succeed. He had production in college. He can kind of play some of that, you know, big three technique for you if you need or can bulk up a little bit, play that one tech. He's the he's the guy that I think that they like to draft the defensive tackle. He's not that big, sluggish nose tackle that's not going to provide any sort of juice um, he kind of fits the, I mean, I know people are going to freak out when I say this, but the Neville Gallimore type of thing where it's like he's, he's kind of, he could put bulk up and play some one technique. He could slim down and play the three. But I think that, I think that his value here and the fact that the future of that position doesn't look great um, would, would lend me to lean that way here.
0: Let's do it. We're going to take Keanu Benton right here at 58 overall. Uh, I, just, goes I, think right I mean, also, us.
1: I just think they like these young linebackers. I think, you know, Damone Clark played a ton last year. Um, Leighton Vander Esch just signed a new deal. They got Jabril Cox. They got Devin Harper they drafted last year. They got guys to to play that position where a defensive tackle, it's pretty much Osa, Hankins, and then it kind of falls off a little bit of a cliff. So,
0: Yep, absolutely, absolutely. This should um, be I think. Yeah, I think I think this one, you know, should be relatively easy, especially after the conversations we had in the last round. But just to go over some of the highlights of guys who've gone since our last pick, Dayon Henley went at 60 overall. Luke Whippler went 59. So the guys we were talking about at that pick were the next few guys that were picked. Um, Siaki Ika went at 61. Hendon Hooker lasts all the way to 66, which based on the way those big draft guys have been talking, doesn't seem like that's likely to happen. Uh, Marvin Mims, a name that's been attached to the Cowboys at wide receiver, goes 72. Rasheed Rice at 74. Devin A. Chain, 75. Tyler Scott, our guy, at 79, followed by Michael Wilson at 80. So a pretty decent run on wide receiver. Tank Dell at 84. Like I said, pretty significant run on wide receiver type players uh, in that second round and early third round, which brings us to um, your, your tiny TCU corner. Trivius Hodges Tomlinson so and then good. Anthony Johnson Jr. the safety out of Iowa State, which I'm very interested to see if a team tries to pick Antonio Johnson Jr. from AM and accidentally <laughs> writes Anthony Johnson on the card and gets the gets a player they weren't planning on taking, um, and then Chandler Zavala the guy who we talked about last yeah. round um, as the interior offensive lineman from North Carolina State. Uh, those are the top three guys on the board here at pick number 90 for the Cowboys. Um, Tank Bigsby is on the board. Kobe Turner is on the board. Um, Corey Trice is a name that we have heard tossed around and attached to the Cowboys quite a bit as sort of a third to fourth round corner option for them. Um, You said you think this one is easy. Let's see if your mind is going the same place mine is going. What are you thinking here? Zavala. Yeah, I think so too. I think that's the, whether you plan, whether the plan is he's going to be the starter at left guard right away. And, you know, one of Terrence Steele, Tyron Smith, Tyler Smith is your swing tackle or Tyler Smith is your left guard and you have Tyron Smith or, and Tyron Smith and Terrence Steele are your tackles. And then your Tyron Smith injury insurance is to slide Tyler Smith out Then you plug Chandler Zavala in at left guard where he played a gazillion snaps for North Carolina state. And you just roll from there. I think that's great use of a third round pick.
1: Yep. He's, he's graded just right outside of my top 100 guy. I really like so at 90 here to get a guy that I think he's like one Oh four on my board. It's, it's, you know, at a position of need, you, you gotta love that.
0: Yep. Absolutely. I think that one's the, probably the easiest one at this point. So we'll, We'll hit that one at number 90 is Chandler Zavala from North Carolina State. Um, as we roll towards pick 129, pretty long late here for the Cowboys. I'm sure they'll be biting their nails as you know some of these guys go. Parker Washington, the wide receiver for Penn State, goes a couple of picks ahead of us. Uh, Henry, 202.0. Oh, oh, two, oh. I know I'm saying that wrong, but it's a fun name anyway. Jonathan Mingo, the wide receiver from Mississippi, uh, goes 113. Um, Jalen Jones, the corner from AM, goes at 103 to start the fourth round. All right. On the board, we still have Kobe Turner. We still have Corey Trice. Those are, if Corey Trice is probably the name that, if you're thinking, what would the Cowboys do? Based on the names that are here. Um I almost think that's probably the most likely option. The only problem here is that we know they've got a really significant need at running back. That's and, what I was
1: say, running back. And,
0: yeah. And after we picked at 90, let's see. Um Tajay Spears went at 97. Tank Bigsby went at 101 to San Francisco. That's disgusting. That's just... How could they do that? Can't let him go there. <laughs> um, let's see. Well, Kendra Miller goes to New England at 117. So that's three of the running back options you had. Dwayne McBride goes 126 to Cleveland and Sean Tucker goes 128 to, um, to New York. So a lot of the running back options have disappeared off of your plate between pick number 90 and pick 127 here. Um, And now you're to the point where you're looking at, you know, Deuce Vaughn, Zach Evans, uh, Chase Brown, guys like that. Um,
1: I know who I'm picking here. All right, what you got? It either – well – I was going to say, either come down to Zach Evans or Eric Gray. I still don't know. I, we talked about it the other day, but Eric Gray is just a stud. I don't get why he doesn't get more love. But Zach Evans, I love Zach Evans a lot, too. dude's explosive as hell and fun running back. Um, I'd I'd be happy with either one of those two guys here. Yeah, I think, I think like you almost you said, have that, to consider. It's, it's not my it's – we're trying to do what we think they would do. So
0: Yeah, the thing is, is that – Although we've seen them in a draft where we felt like they really needed to get running backs, wait till the fifth round before. Um, and maybe, maybe they really like, you know, the combination of a couple of those. Maybe they really like Zach Gray and feel like they can get him in the fifth round. Maybe they really like, you know israel Abenakonda from pitt maybe they really like kenny mcintosh from georgia you know they're the thing is is that all those guys go off the board there in that 40 picks before us and there's still some names there that you feel like can come in and be a part of a rotation maybe it means you depend on ronald jones a little more than you otherwise would have if you pick a running back at 90 overall or
1: something like that but right um Wait, let's Trice go Zach here?
0: Evans here. What's that?
1: I said, Do you really think they'd take Trice this early? Or do you think that he's more of like a fifth round guy?
0: Well, I mean, this is the 27th pick in the fourth round, and they don't have another pick for 40 picks. And we've seen them take this sort of, you know, big, long, sort of athletic prototype corner in this third, fourth round range quite a bit. Um So, I think they almost, based on the way it's played out, you almost have to take a running back here, even though you like some other guys. I agree. Um,
1: what do we got for even, sizes? Like, even
0: Roshon Johnson goes at 118 yep. before us a few picks. I missed him when I was going over the names. but
1: um, our, um, Just to kind of get an idea, what are our listed sizes for those running backs that we kind of talked about? Let's see here.
0: Our listed size on Zach Evans is 511,202. Our is... listed size on Eric Gray is 59,207. Um, Abanaconda from Pitt, 511,216. And he just turned 22, man. That's crazy how young he is. Um, which, I mean, maybe they look at that and say, hey, that's exactly what we need here is a um, young dude who can go. There's, you know, Kenny McIntosh, six foot, 204. That's right in their, their wheelhouse kind of what of, they of like to Steven, see from a
1: running back. even mentioned at the combine, you know, like we want to get a bigger back to kind of compliment Pollard, which I love how we still talk about Pollard, like he's five foot eight, you know, 175 pounds. But
0: <laughs> Right. Exactly. So. Yeah, I think the the big backs here would be, you know, I think a at 5'11", 216. two say, 216, um,
1: we'll and say then... Zach Evans. I just just doing some quick research. He Zach Evans does have visits with the Cowboys. He okay. actually visit, he actually visited with the Cowboys two days ago.
0: All
1: right, so we think he's the guy? I think that makes sense. They need a running back. They've met with him multiple times. Um, He, you know, I wouldn't say he's a big back, but he's, you know, over 200 pounds. That fits that 5'11", 202. He's kind of got, I mean, I know Zeke was, shoot, almost 230, but, you know, similar height, probably has a little bit of projection left to his frame. He can get a little bit bigger. So I mean, I, I'd like that here. Zach Evans is a good running back. I, I love him a lot.
0: Yeah, I think you're right, which is it just goes to show that even when you feel like you get wiped out of like seven running backs in 40 picks yeah. between your last two picks, there's still I, a guy. There's I will always say if, a
1: guy. If he's here, if he's there at this pick, I do think that pick would be Roshan Johnson because I know that they are very yeah. – they like yes. him a lot.
0: <laughs> Yes, absolutely. That's, that's one of those guys that you're sitting there thinking, okay, the, that fourth-round running back range is is really the right spot, and it, we it's sort of been proven out by how many of those guys have gone before us in the last 15 or 20 picks or so. Yep. So I I think Zach Evans is probably the pick here uh, at running back for the Cowboys at 129. We'll go ahead and make that pick here as we get ready to move to pick 169. We won't spend a lot of time going over the names that go. I'll, Toby Turner – did go just a few picks ago, which makes me football sad, but that's okay.
1: Gotta be looking what like linebacker here probably. Oh, Corey, Corey Trice. Uh,
0: yeah, I think it, at this point, if Corey Trice is there, he's probably oh. the pick there. We we know how much they like him. He fits the Dan Quinn style of corner. Yep. For folks who aren't familiar with Corey Trice, he's a corner from Purdue, six foot three, two oh six. Um, and is just a press coverage monster like yep. just does not let guys get loose from him when he play when he's playing in press coverage um and played multiple spots in the defense played some slight safety style box alignments and things like that uh, if you're looking for like a a power type defender as weird as that might sound in terms of of playing cornerback this is like a, a power forward play in defense at a uh at the cornerback position. Um was targeted 44 times in coverage in 2022, gave up 21 catches. So sub 50% completion ratio, had two interceptions. One of them was a real beauty dropping de- dropping deep underneath a corner route and cover two. Um just he's the exact kind of cornerback we know that Dan Quinn really, really likes. And in a, in a draft that we've leaned, you know, offense with our first pick, we did take a defensive tackle. Then um, we took an offensive guard. I think taking a cornerback right here makes a lot of sense, especially we talked about how influx the defensive interior is um, going into 2024. Um, you could argue the cornerback position might even be more <laughs> influx uh, with, you know, Trevon Diggs set to be a free agent Jordan Lewis set to be a free agent who knows what's going on with Kelvin Joseph and Nishan, Wright? Stefan Gilmore is going to be a free agent. So I think probably here, they're probably thinking Corey Trice is, you know, our next DeRon Bland that we can, you know, bring in here in the fifth round. Who's a really good press man coverage corner. And that plays in our defense because they like to play a lot of freaking press man cover one defense.
1: I've not watched Corey Trace yet, but I'm planning on getting on it and putting him in, putting a report in my guide and all that because it sounds like he could be a highly likely Cowboys pick. So I like to include those guys in there. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely.
0: And he he's a guy that you know you hear whispers and grapevine and stuff like that that they have interest in some of these guys, and so you go put eyes on him and you're like, it's a name you know I'd never heard of it. I went and looked on the PFF board; he was in the two hundreds on their big board before (laughs) this. And uh, and I, I go watching. him I'm like, there's no way this guy is the 230th right. best player in this draft class. He's he's easily a guy you take in the middle of in the middle of this draft. And yep. so I, right with right where we are in the back part of the middle of the draft, I think it just makes perfect sense with the size considerations and all that kind of stuff. I think Corey Trice is the pick here um, if it's a if it's a what would they do style of draft.
1: Yep, I agree.
0: All right, as we journey towards our last two picks in this draft here, we get to 212 and 244. Um, Well, again, we won't go through all the names here. Um, All right, 212. I don't know what is going on. This is one of those you'll start hearing Brian brought us on the draft show talk about how there must be some sort of health concern or something like that. Because Anthony Johnson Jr., the guy I joke people would get confused with Antonio (laughs) Johnson, is the 69th overall player on the PFF board. And he is still available at pick 212, a compensatory pick in the sixth round. Uh, the next highest rated player is 70 picks lower than him, which is Marte Mapu from another safety from Sacramento state. Um, Broderick Martin, defensive lineman and from Western Kentucky, Jonah T- Tavai from San Diego State, another
1: defensive lineman. Um, have we taken a linebacker yet? We have not, and we know they like taking them in this range. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, they really do.
0: The uh, And I, I'm going to butcher his name, but Servacia Dennis went just a few picks ahead of us from Pitt, who, you know, you watch Elijah Jekansi, and there's also yep. this number seven running around on the field who – uh, they, Pat Narduzzi blitzes these guys a lot and all this kind of stuff. And you, you see number seven running around making plays, wearing a captain's jersey. So that's one of those guys I was hoping would get to us here, but went just a few picks before us. Um, in terms of linebackers that we have available to us right now, um, so there's Troy Brown from Ole Miss, Charlie Michael Jones from Syracuse, and Charlie Thomas from... Georgia Tech are the top three linebackers available you have thoughts on any of these guys
1: I like Charlie Thomas as a as a late day three guy I mean he's he's athletic um you know I think for for a guy that that played at Georgia Tech you know not a premier school he's undersized but he's athletic he's fast um plays with some physicality um I like him I think he's he's a day three guy because of his size. He's a day three guy because he didn't play at one of these big time programs. But I think that, um, you know, day three, we, we saw him do it last year with what Devin Harper, you get a guy that just mm-hmm. runs really fast, plays hard, you know, special teams style of guy. I think Charlie Thomas kind of fits that bill, um, here.
0: There you go. All right. And at 21 coverage stops in coverage in <laughs> 2022, that's a, you know, fourth among live in the, uh, the 2022 class. So that's pretty awesome.
1: He's, I mean, he's, he's small. I can't remember what he weighed in at the combine, but he's sub two, tw- yeah, two sixteen. you know, yeah, he's have at Yeah. He almost feels like, you know, a J Ron curse type of guy where he's got the little bit longer frame, you know, almost looks like a safety playing linebacker, but he plays with his hair on fire and, um, I think he's he's a guy that that I like a lot. Um on day three in a role. Like I don't think he's gonna come in and be a starter for you by any means, but I think he's a special teams guy. He can he could fill that Luke Gifford role where you come in, he plays special teams, he's a punt guy, he's a kickoff guy, you know, in a pinch he could play some snaps for you on defense, um, you know, as a wheel linebacker.
0: There you go. I like it. I think it's one of those if you find a guy You know, you hear guys talk about, oh, these guys are – these are traits picks, right? You're picking these guys for traits. And for me, it's like if there's a guy that I like at all this late in the draft, I'm going to pick him because at this point, it's – you're essentially getting the guy for free. Like the draft pick is worth almost nothing. The contract he gets is worth almost nothing. Anything you get from these guys is is bonus. If there's a guy that you like, especially somebody that has the traits to play in coverage – and is a, a linebacker means he's going to be able to contribute on special teams unless he just, you know, gets hurt or bottoms out in his rookie training camp. I think that's a I think that's a great pick there at two twelve. We'll take Charlie Thomas, the linebacker from Georgia Tech.
1: You got one pick we left. Pretty,
0: we do at two hundred and forty fourth overall.
1: Um You know what something I feel like we I'm not saying we need to pick it, but what are we doing at kicker, man? I,
0: that's a great question because you just, you don't have anything about. Yeah. The thing about kickers is they're just so. And the thing is the guy you pick here at 244 is not going to be any better than the third draft of free agents that you sign after the draft. Uh, because if he was better, he would have gone in the fifth round or something like that. Um, so yeah, you don't really have anything. I think, I think kickers are something to, can almost do like you did with Brett Maher last year, where you just find a guy, you know, in camp off the street to bring him in and yeah. Just be willing, be willing to do that over and over again until you find a guy who can kick relatively consistent for you consistently for you. Um at the, the top of the board, yeah, it could go edge. They really like their edges, their late round edges. They also like their late round defensive tackles. Um the highest ranked edge from PFF on the board right now is MJ Anderson from Iowa state um, who hasn't played a ton of snaps, um, but does have some production, have four sacks in 2022 um, played pretty well against the run, according to PFF um, and Let's see, what's what size are we are looking at? 6'2", 269. So he's a full size, you know, a little shorter. We'll see, I don't know what – we don't have the uh, the arm length uh, what other, for What him. other edges
1: do we have available right now?
0: Let's see. I don't see – there's not any close to the top of the board. We've got um, Darrell Nchami from Maryland, Tavius Robinson from Ole Miss, Caleb Murphy that doesn't have a school attached to him. I don't recognize that name. <laughs> I wonder if that's like a PFF burner guy that they put in there to see how many people will pick a name that
1: didn't,
0: didn't play college football. Um, Oh no, here's a guy. This is the guy right here. Um, Derek Derek. Parrish. Yes. Um, Derek Parrish is like (laughs) the perfect 244th overall pick in a draft. You, You can't do it any better than Derek Parrish. Um, let me find his his uh his measurable numbers real quick the uh he's
1: in my he's in my uh guide he's six two two forty one um right a four five six forty four oh nine short shuttle ninety. so he's got a ninety seven percentile forty and ninety seven percentile short shuttle a ninety four percentile vertical an eighty two percent Tile broad jump, a 6763 cone, which is 98 percentile. Um, so he's but he does have short arms, that's his biggest thing. He's only got 29 inch arms, but yeah, I mean the dude the dude's a uh he's a athletic, undersized, outside linebacker edge, played some interior defensive line for Houston. So he kind of just played, he's he reminds me of uh Oh man, what's that guy's name? There's a guy last year that the Rams drafted late um out of super small school. Hold on He's in my old draft guy. I gotta pull I gotta pull that up now. That's gonna bug me. Um but the Rams I draft, know who you're talking about
0: who like was like a 240 pounds. Daniel nose tag Hardy, like yeah. where did he
1: go to school? Crap. Um Daniel Hardy, Montana State. <laughs> yeah. He's six foot two, two hundred and thirty-five pounds. He ran fast. He jumped high. He had a six, seven, one, three cone. And he actually played for him for, for a little bit this year, if I remember correctly. So
0: yeah. And so the
1: Derek Parrish played
0: fullback at the Shrine Bowl.
1: Yeah. They did talk about moving him to fullback. I don't know if that's going to be a thing that he does in the league or if it was a, hey, we're going to see how you do here, because we don't think you have the size and length to play. Edge yeah, because or- guys, guys, this body type and this level of physicality
0: don't really exist in college football at the fullback position anymore. Um, so I, I love like, like I said, he's the perfect seventh round draft pick because in training camp he can play fullback. He gonna he's gonna play every special teams in training camp. He's going to play and then you can put him on the edge in the fourth quarter of a preseason game against the tackle who's going to be selling, you know, SUVs in a week. And he's just going to make that guy's life miserable. And then you can carry him to game day. He's going to play fullback for you. He's going to play special teams for you. You can put him on the edge and, you know, he becomes another option rushing off the edge that. Yes, he lacks some size, so he's not going to be a full-time defensive end. But if you put him out there, like he had six sacks on like 132 pass rush snaps this year, like just ridiculous production level. And so, I think he's got to be the guy here. in In honor of our in honor of our buddy Landon McCool, who always want who <laughs> is the forever believer in the the fullback i think you you've got to pick the guy here who's got a chance to play some fullback but also you can't just be a fullback in the nfl in 2023 like you, you there's just not enough snaps for that guy to make a roster but a fullback who can give you some pass rush who's going to play special teams uh who happens to be a like freaky freaky athlete like like you said 462 with a 6763 cone like that's and a four oh nine short shuttle at two hundred and forty five pounds. That's that's pretty freaky. I think I think that's probably got to be the guy right here.
1: Let's do it. Let's just let's do it. A fun pick.
0: There you go. That's I, I always try to find the fun guy. Usually it's a fullback type guy there in the last round that you want to take. And I think that's the uh, that's a great uh, a great pull there, Derek Parrish, to be there. Um, I hadn't seen him on the draft board before for PFF, so I was excited, a little bit excited there when he got there. All right, in terms of grade, uh, we got an overall grade of a B plus. Trying to figure out how we only got a B plus because <laughs> Much they must they, they hated the Derek Parrish pick. They must like okay, so we got an A minus for Dalton Kincaid, which when you take the 15th overall player at twenty-six, that's gonna be a pretty good situation. We got an A for Keanu Benton, a B for the Chandler Zavala pick, a B plus for the Zach Evans pick. Um, and no, so every one of these players, other than Derek Parrish, which, you know, we talked about and the reasons why we took him there at 244, we took later than, oh, no, nope, Zach Evans was basically right on where he was graded. He was the 135th player. We took him at 129. All of the other guys, we took at least a few picks, if not, you know, 70 picks in the case of Corey Trice, below where he was graded on the, on the draft. So. In terms of value, pretty darn good. Yeah. In terms of positional value, you know, tight end, defensive tackle, guard, and the top 100—not necessarily a, a home run from a from a positional value standpoint, which might be what they're sort of harping on on our B plus overall grade. But uh, Corey Trice got an A, Charlie Thomas a B plus, and Derek Parrish a C plus uh, in terms of the PFF grade. So, how do you feel coming off this with our with our class here? Of, of our seven players for the 2023 draft.
1: I like it. The only thing I wish we would have done, and I'm not saying we should have done anything different, I wish we had found a way to add a wide receiver. Yes. It's the only only position I feel like we're like, man, we couldn't have – what could we have done different to get a you know wide out with maybe some speed to add? But, again, like this receiver class isn't great, especially late, so it's not something like kicking ourselves over. But, you know, that third or fourth round, which – just tough because your offensive lineman went off so quickly in the second round that you didn't really have a guy that you felt was worth that second round pick. And then, you know, you had a guy kind of fall to you, a defensive tackle you thought you couldn't pass up on, but no, I mean, I like it. I think, um, I think, like I said, other than not grabbing a, a receiver, I'm, I'd am i be thrilled with this. I think you got a starting tight end in Dalton Kincaid. I think you got a starting, um, while well, he might not start right away. He's going to play a lot for you. A defensive tackle is a one tech, and maybe even some three tech in certain situations. Uh, Chandler Zafala could battle out for that left guard spot. Zach Evans is going to be a very nice complement to Tony Pollard. Play a lot of snaps for you, running back. Corey Trice, guy that that we know this team likes, and and has some maybe maybe not year one um on the field ability, but probably down the road he could could see himself getting into the fold and. Charlie Thomas, special teams guy. Derek Parrish, a guy who plays multiple roles for you and, and can come in and do some nice things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think you nailed it in terms of sometimes the draft is going to fall away where unless you're really um, intentional, that's the word I'm looking for, about going and getting a guy at a specific position. Um, you know, at, at, fit, at 58, we didn't really like any of the wide receivers that were there at 58. Yeah. And then by the time we got to ninety, a lot of those wide receivers had cleared out, and it was pretty clear the the path that we wanted to take there. Um, And then by the time we got to one twenty nine, even most of the running backs that we had looked at before were cleared out, and the the wide receiver class doesn't stretch. So
1: no, and and like uh, talking on the receivers, like I think the last time we did our mock draft, I dropped my little small wide receiver nugget. It looks like they they're definitely that definitely wasn't bad information we got because it looks like they're visiting with a lot of those guys and it looks like that they're definitely digging into those guys. So, you know, don't be surprised if, you know, Tank Dell, if he's there at 90 or something like that, they they make that pick because it seems like they are very interested in the Zay Flowers, the Tank Dells, the Josh Downs. Sounds like they, Josh Downs at 58, I think is like one of those things. that if he falls at 58, I don't know if they would blink. That that might be the the pick unless something happens in round one where they go receiver, but I think that they they've targeted a couple of those guys that bring some of that added juice that they need in each of these rounds. They flowers at 26 Josh Downs at 58 tank Dell at 90 and went, Hey, if if this guy's here, we're, uh, we're going to pull the trigger.
0: Yeah. And it's, we saw in his time in green Bay, Mike McCarthy used those smaller size wide receivers in a variety of roles. Um, And so it would be pretty easy to see that idea translate to, hey, let's add a guy like Josh Downs. Let's add a guy like Tank Dell, right. who's you know dynamic after the catch and all that kind of stuff, and use them in a lot of those different kinds of ways, and uh, and create problems for defenses. It's pretty easy to translate that to what it could look like in 2023 with the Cowboys for sure.
1: Yeah, no doubt. But no, I like it. Like I said, I think you you've added. Maybe we didn't add a ton of like actual step in day one starters, but I feel like you added a ton of contributors in this draft class, which the way they've built this roster is you don't have a lot of guys that you're going to draft that are going to step in and start right away for you, which is what we've been begging them to do for years. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. They're, they truly kind of let they're... things fall to you and go, this guy's got great value. He might not be a full time starter right away, but damn, he's going to come in and play 60% of the snaps this year. He's going to be, you know, a, an effective role player for us, and that's what the drafts for. Plug your needs, find starters and free agency, and then come out here in the draft and and draft the guys that'll you can put on the field on third down and they'll get sacks for you and stuff like that.
0: Yep, absolutely.
1: Well, cool. Like I said, next week we'll be down three weeks, so we are we're we're getting there, man. It's it's going to be here before we know it, and um, I'm sure we'll. We'll be discussing it over the next couple of weeks, maybe figure out if we can do something cool for the draft on a night or two. So we'll uh I'll be talking to RJ and some of the guys over at Blogging the Boys and we'll figure out what all we can get done. And um man, we'll be back next week talking some more draft and you know, figuring out a won't probably be doing any more mock drafts for a while. You know, we're gonna let that let that be for a little bit. But we got a lot of things to sort out. We'll have some probably some other mock drafts to break down, you know, a lot of these bigger um you know, mainstream media guys start throwing out their mock drafts within a month and, and you start breaking down maybe some names that they're circling and targeting and you get a better idea of what they're looking at. So excited for that. We'll probably have a couple more guests on this, uh, this off season too, as well. So be, be looking out for those, make sure you're following all the shows and all the, the uh, personalities on the blogging, the boys podcast network. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next week. On the Talk Talking the draft podcast.